I'm your host, Taya O'Carroll, the founder, CEO, and farmer behind Yield Organic. Here at The Organic Advocate, we get real about the challenges and solutions to organic agriculture. Today, I'm in studio with Rodrigo Zarita with eWeb Strategy, and we're going to talk about increasing organic acres within the United States by bringing producers and buyers together. Glad to be here, Taya. Oh, thanks. I know you have a uh been on the road again. How was Expo East? (laughs) (laughs) Of course, back on the road. It's that time of year. Uh, Baltimore is great. Expo East was really nice. Unfortunately, there was a little bit of change. Um, The normal amount of people that are usually there were kind of impacted with Hurricane Florence. Yeah. Um, That was in South Carolina. And, you know, a lot of people went through a lot. So, Send some prayers out to the folks that were impacted by Hurricane Florence and yes. all the people that pitched in to reach out and help them. Uh, there's still ongoing support relief efforts that are taking place. So I know a good one that was found is on npr.org if you're interested in helping out. Thanks, Taya. So, I mean, with the weather and all, I mean, did anybody show up in Baltimore? All right, don't laugh. But being a belt and suspenders type girl looking for safety and security, I had a small umbrella and a big umbrella. You just don't know. That's when right. someone says, you know, a hurricane could potentially be affecting your area, you pack for it. So me and the 29,000 other people who continued and persevered to attend that Expo East, we were just fine. So <laughs> uh, believe it or not, I did not even have to take out either one of those umbrellas. So okay. yeah, good karma there somewhere. But you were prepared. Yeah, I was obviously over and well prepared for myself and anybody else who's going to get um, soaked by the potential rains. But this Expo East, this event has been going on for a long time. Isn't it something crazy like the 32nd year of this event? It is. Actually, you've done your homework. But what's neat is you would think sometimes things go on for a while and they tend to dwindle or die out or something, but not the case. Even irregardless, again, of the weather, there were over 1,500 small to large brands that were there. I think if I counted right, there was 451 first-time exhibitors, which is, that's a lot. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, 29,000 people. I'm just imagining how many people had to walk around and get around town in the rain. Yeah, well, it wasn't as bad as you thought. So, sincerely, it was just humid so if you get past that uh, it wasn't bad at all okay well for those of us that didn't get a chance to go what did you notice you know a theme or a focus to this year's expo east what's interesting about the expos is either if you're on east coast or west coast there doesn't seem to be like a formal theme published but what i tend to see and in this case i saw at expo east is what's rumbling in the supply chain so regardless if it tends to ripple up or down in one way or another, it affects all of us. Yes. So those are the things that I kind of keep in mind. And the thing that I notice most at the event is during the education sessions, you know, off the showroom floor, but the education sessions, there was just an impact of food production that seemed to be kind of a theme that I saw. Impact of food production. What, what does that mean exactly? Good question. So it is kind of broad, isn't it? If you think about it, so food production, the topics ranged all the way from regenerative agriculture, the amounts of carbon in the soil, as well as ways to protect the health of not only farm workers, but agricultural communities as a whole. Now that makes sense. I see why you summed up that as the impact of food production. Those subjects touch on every part of the supply chain. I think it's really, really important to note that the conversations at Expo East were not necessarily about conventional non-GMO organic production methods, but rather about the land management practices that help to improve the overall organic matter in the soil, which every one of us farmers knows is 
absolutely imperative. Um, we, there was regenerative agricultural practices that all these in turn, what they're, they're looking at in the supply chain is how those are impacting to the water, soil, plant, and overall human health. So what was the general suggestion or conclusion that these changes are up to farmers to make? All right, Rodrigo, you got you, right. you to love you. So it's interesting that you asked that because in literally a hypothetical world, that, yeah. that makes sense that the land management practices um, belong to the farmers. And, you know, you might start asking, well, why are they already not doing it? How come this stuff isn't already being done? Well, it's not whether specific land management practices actually work, but rather where I think the issue gets more complicated is, how do you measure that? The progress is being made to the land over time, but how do you measure it? And how do you work with more farmers to take some of the risk out of implementing conversations and regenerative practices, as well as the role of how do consumer brands and organic buyers, they also play a part in the supply chain and influence the adoption of these practices. So I don't think, based on your question, Yes, everybody has a hand in it, but I don't think the farmer should be the only one left holding this situation. Absolutely. I mean, and I'm trying to understand the sentiment of what you're saying. Mm -hmm. That is, change to land management practices will need to involve the cooperation and collaboration of everybody in the supply chain. Absolutely. From the soil up to the end consumer. Yeah, you've got it. Okay. You've absolutely got it. I know that's a monumental task that everyone gets on board and does their part. Uh, but the cool thing is that there's already a lot of people working out there. It's it's a lot of things going on behind the scenes that, you know, we don't see in our everyday regular lives, TV, radio. Not everybody's covering what's happening in the supply chains to make the adjustments and do their own piece within the supply chain to support on how we all impact that food production. I definitely am seeing things a little clearer on why you're so passionate about bringing people together. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's and working together to open up communication in the supply chain. Thanks. I, yeah, I really appreciate it. And I know last time we talked a little bit about farmers and ranchers. Together they manage 40.5% of the U.S. total land area. And that's according to the National Agricultural Statistical Service, NAS. If you think about 40.5%, we have the ability to change the land, water, food dynamic within the United States. That's huge. Yeah, it is huge. That's huge. And just as an FYI for everyone listening, if you missed it, you can find the last podcast, Catalyzing Producers and Buyers to Grow U.S. Organic Acres, on iTunes under the Organic Advocate. Thanks. It takes everyone involved in agriculture to play their part. Why our focus on why we attend these events? I think it's important to know that we are literally out there advocating for farmers as well as buyers to bring them together with the non-GM organic buyers that are in the supply chain looking for farmers. I get it. Opening these lines of communication is not only important to provide opportunities for farmers and organic buyers in the supply chain to connect, but how they influence together impacts a variety, the quality, the quantity of food that is produced in the United States. Yes, it, it affects the land, water, air quality. If you think about it, animal, human, community health, everybody's impacted. Yes. And all too often we feel as farmers left out on opportunities, so especially on the farm, because we're busy, we're working. Everyone listening, imagine if you were able to reach out and those opportunities were brought to you. And that's what I'm trying to express, that Yield Organic is not here to sell you something or to persuade you to do something, but rather this is a tool. It's powerful and it was built just for you guys. 
that's just what we do. So knowing what tool and when to use it is imperative. And sometimes simply knowing that the tool is there for you to reach out and connect with provides peace of mind. And we're here by your side to help bring those people together like Rodrigo was talking about to make those connections and provide potential opportunities. And that is why Yield Organic exists, to bring those people together. <laughs> Absolutely. <Yes>. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know, for us, as much as it is about encouraging health land management practices, it's about producing what over 82% of consumers are asking for, which is organic. I mean, it seems that when you open the lines of communication between farmers and buyers, you are also opening up market access. Yeah, even at this show, Natural Products Expo East, there are some farmers and ranchers there. It's really cool when I see them exhibiting, you know, products from their farm. There's all a range of things that are there that they might be producing and selling, but not everybody can do that, nor should they actually. If they're offering raw commodities, it's probably not the best or easiest place to be in the expense of exhibiting. Um, nor, if you're going around, is the person standing at the booth necessarily the person that's in the position to help you. That's why you help work with growers to open up mm -hmm. not only the communication, but the market access. Yeah, which means opportunities for farmers, bottom line. And that's something that I think is important to be able to bring to all farmers, not just those that are connected to someone in a, you know, who finds a niche or something like that. There needs to be opportunities available for everybody. I agree. A common thing that you say is farmers are willing to grow whatever is needed and ask, what do buyers want me to grow? Well, they are. They're willing and they do ask that. And one of the reasons I'm so passionate about Yield Organic, as you mentioned before, is that it provides a way that we can work together to reach an attainable goal of realizing a consistent, dedicated supply chain for buyers by helping farmers grow what buyers need. If you think about it, Buyers can keep their existing contracts based on acres, not yield, and share these opportunities across Yield Organic's network of farmers. It's just another opportunity area. So if you're a buyer and you're out there, <laughs> we'd like to reach out and you want to reach out to farmers, or if you're a farmer and you're interested in custom growing a crop, let me know. You know, there's a form out on the Yield Organic website. It's, you'll find it. it's pretty easy. It's under the resources tab and it's called Growing Contracts. And that'll let us reach back out to you and we can connect. Awesome. You are connecting people and removing barriers in act, Taya. Exactly. <laughs> Taya, thank you for having me here today. It's always interesting to hear how Yield Organic is collaboratively working with both producers and buyers to remove barriers. Thanks. Well, thanks, Rodrigo. I, I really appreciate it. It's always nice having you here, and especially today as well. And in concluding our podcast, I'd like to thank you all for listening to The Organic Advocate. You can connect with us on Facebook forward slash Yield Organic and on Twitter at Yield Organic. If you have any questions about Yield Organic, you can reach us on Twitter using the hashtag Organic Advocate. We look forward to hearing from you. If you'd like to be a guest on The Organic Advocate, please reach out to us on Facebook forward slash Yield Organic and on Twitter at Yield Organic. Keep tuning in.